Hey everyone, thanks for joining today. You're just about to listen to episode 5 of the Bus Tickets podcast. Uh, this actual recording was done about two months ago uh, before I took the pause that I referenced in episode 4 uh, around imperfection. And so I t- attempted to edit out the reference to episode 4 in this recording. And what you'll get is another example, another small nugget of imperfection. But I left it in the episode just to reinforce and reiterate that we just need to step out. We just need to put our our contribution out there. Even if it doesn't sound pretty or the packaging is a little bit off, that's what you'll get here. But I just wanted to reinforce that that's okay. And in fact, we just need to act. So, episode 5 of the Bus Tickets podcast. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to Bus Tickets. My name is Nathan Clausen. Whether you're buying a bus ticket into war-torn Eastern Europe or working a job, raising kids and paying bills, each moment is an opportunity to live from our fullest self, to lean into our unique path to coming alive, an opportunity to offer our unique contribution to the world around us. In the words of Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. This podcast is my commitment to stepping out of fear and living from my fullest self. So this podcast is for me, but it is also an invitation for you to do the same and for us to do it together. I believe it's in community that we see the most transformation, buying bus tickets together. Let's jump into our next bus tickets moment. All right. Welcome everyone to episode five of the bus tickets podcast. I am so happy that you're here with us today. And I say here with us today because this podcast episode, uh, first of its kind, I'm not alone. I've got a special guest with me today. Uh, His name is Alex Budak, and I am very honored to have him on my podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight about him. Not too much. I'll let Alex speak for himself. But I came across Alex's work about a year ago when I was between uh, jobs and was looking for direction for my own life, my own professional path, and had looked at building a website, building some uh, personal offerings call it and I had looked up the name change for good I was going to call my podcast change for good and I stumbled across Alex's work on the internet I loved what he was about and so I reached out to him on LinkedIn and uh, this was almost a year ago actually and we agreed to, to have a conversation so I mentioned in an email to Alex the other day this this conversation feels like a bottle of aged wine we've allowed it to, to age for a while before we've had this conversation so I'm definitely looking forward to it. So without further ado, uh, Alex, I'll welcome you to my podcast and I'll let you introduce yourself. And then I've got a couple of questions that I'd like us to dig into. Sure, Nathan, thank you so much for having me. And uh, thanks for all the serendipity that brought us together to have this conversation today. Really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm a social entrepreneur and I'm a professional faculty member at the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. Uh, and my uh, mission is to help folks from all walks of life become change makers. Interesting. So, so change maker. So I started my own podcast journey with a a single story of how my own desire to help others, to serve others, to use my Canadian passport, you know, at at, at the age of 18, you know, really resonated that I was given that 
serendipitously, you know, using your earlier word for a reason. And so I, I desired to bring impact to people. I used that passport and I took a trip. I bought a bus ticket. Uh, that was a moment of me trying to make change. Um, but in your own story, before we dive into even some of the great insights that you're teaching now and sharing with others on how to be a change maker in their world, maybe a, an example or two of moments in your own life um, that shaped who you are now on this mandate of helping people become change makers. Maybe some stories from your own past that helped shape that or moments you, you stepped out to be a change maker. Sure. So I found myself in graduate school uh, back in 2009 and I studied public policy. I chose public policy because I think it's a career path where a lot of change makers naturally gravitate. Uh, but as soon as I got to school, I realized that the way that most of my friends and colleagues were thinking about change was very different from how I thought about it. It's much more in terms of the big bureaucratic organizations, the IMF, the World Bank. And to be clear, there's a role for that, but it didn't quite feel like I fit in. So I decided to take a summer and study in India and um, had an amazing experience, really grateful for the education that I got, but it was very much like an ivory tower experience. I really felt like I was kind of separated from the rest of the city and quite literally was there were guards and uh, fortress walls and, uh, on the other side between the school and the, the street. And that just didn't quite resonate with me. So I decided that I'd get involved and just do a little bit of volunteer work. And when I tell this story, I wanna be clear, this isn't any kind of white savior story. This is just me sort of connecting with the local community and seeing what's going on. But I started doing some work with a group that worked with girls from the local community, using sport as a tool for teaching them female empowerment and healthy habits and leadership. Um, and I had this real kind of aha moment there, which was that especially contrasting with my public policy friends, who often think of change in big, huge organizations, I realized that actually change comes from the grassroots, that comes from this group in Ahmedabad that just took action in its local community, started from where it was, and I was so inspired by that. And again, I played a very, very small role, insignificant really, um, but I got this vantage point into seeing that quite literally there are change makers all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I also realized that there's way too many barriers getting in the way of people, well, starting good of being able to take action. Um, but inspired by that time that I had, inspired by that group that I worked with, I realized, okay, well, there's change makers all around the world. And I combined that with a deep humility, which is that I don't know exactly what the world needs, but it became certain in that moment that the world needs more change makers, needs more people leading from where they are. And that set me on a brand new path for my life and for my career. So interesting. So then this notion of formulating that insight, that inner kind of resonance that there are change makers all around and it literally just starts wherever you are in your story right now. How did that evolve into being able to, to bucket that insight and that passion into now at, at a faculty level, teaching it at a university level and beyond um, capacity? Like how did, how did those dots get connected? Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of dots to connect here. I'm sure there's uh, but... lots of dots. Yeah. Give us a few of the, the touch points there, the highlights. Uh, one of the next steps was coming back to Washington, D.C. So I finished up my graduate degree, but started getting really interested in the field of social entrepreneurship. And very fortuitously, I met a guy who had a very similar worldview that I did. This is in the kind of techno-optimist days of technology to change the world. And so he and I both connected around this idea that there are these change makers like those whom I met in Omnibod, um, but too many barriers. And so we thought, well, how might we combine technology as a way to start tearing down some of these barriers? Recognize there's all kinds of needs out there. But we thought that one particularly pernicious gap is seed funding, that it's never easy to raise money for a change-making initiative. Mm -hmm. um, 
But once you have some traction, it's a little bit easier. But how do you actually raise money to prove that you have traction until you can actually get started? And so we realized that it's often a catch-22. Further, we realize that often when it comes to fundraising, it's one person sitting in a room all by themselves, reading 100 applications going, no, 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 yes. And we thought, well, who knows better what a community needs than the community itself? And so we launched something called Start Some Good, which was uh, one of the first social impact crowdfunding platforms. Um, so we really focused on helping people take that first step, that idea into action. Sometimes people would use our site to raise $100,000 and sometimes they'd use it to raise $200. And we loved both of those because sometimes that $200 was literally all it took between an idea sitting and sitting and sitting or someone being able to take action on that idea. Also selfishly, it gave me this most amazing vantage point because I got to work with change makers literally around the world. I got to see what gave people purpose, what got them excited, what are some of the trends that we were seeing. And so it's this amazing opportunity to just connect with and learn from all these amazing change makers. Wow, that's so interesting. So I'll give you just a quick, uh, you, know, you and I haven't chatted about this, but you know, in this, on this journey of being change makers, you are one and I am one. Uh, this podcast was one inner, you know, burning drivenness to, to, you know, to bring a story and help motivate, inspire others to take steps. One of the other things I'm doing right now actually is helping create an innovation center within our community uh, here in Canada. And so in our community is called Cochrane, Cochrane, Alberta, the province of Alberta and Canada in the Western uh, provinces. And so we've started Innovate Cochrane as a community led, community driven, community focused um, innovation center, both social innovation and, you know, and economic innovation as two general buckets, but right now we've just started it and we're looking for listening to the community on what are the needs, what are the unmet needs, and then going from there. So I love the, the story about literally that $200 bucket you know, of resource, you know, that's empowerment. That's the, the, the currency is, is a form of power that others are giving. So then that power then can be parlayed out into where that need is. And, and then you get that catalyst and that, that outcome. So, I mean, we're starting from ground zero here and, and just doing the same type of thing, putting our feelers out and eventually we will also need you know, funding for various initiatives that come up. So it's very true uh, what you're saying. I can see that in our own community currently. Mm, love to see you taking action in that way. And of course, I'm coming to you from the Silicon Valley Bay Area, which is often uh, glorified, or I'd say maybe even over-glorified as the innovation hub. But I'm so excited to see innovation springing up in local community context in a way that's true to that community. I think there's nothing more powerful than that. We don't need a whole bunch of copycats in Silicon Valley. We need each community thinking in their own way and being led by change makers that catalyze that change. Yeah, right on. So I, I noticed in, like when I was doing some reading again on your website and within your, the content that you're, you're teaching at, you know, at the Haas School of Business, there's you know change making. There's some other words that I know that I'm that resonate with me. Innovation, obviously, um, entrepreneurship, and so you you bring these words all together. What would you say is kind of the core essence, or what are the key insights, or key qualities that you end up focusing on and teaching on and helping people build capacity in to help help fire their change making engine, or you know mm -hmm. getting it out into the world to see impact happen. Well, if you don't mind, I'll answer that with another bus ticket moment, and then I'll, I'll share how I got to, to the class. So um, I was about a year or so into working at Berkeley Haas, doing some leadership work for them. Um, and then I went to meet with uh, Jay Stowski, who's the Senior Assistant Dean of Instruction. He's always been kind of a, a mentor to me. And so I was going to him for some advice on things, and I think he could tell that like it wasn't quite resonating with me. And so he finally asked me straight, 
Alex, but what do you really want to do? And I said, well, you know, what I really want to do is, is teach. And I think my voice started trailing off a little bit as I sort of mumbled, but you know, I know most faculty are much older than me and I haven't taught him. He goes, and kind of expecting him to say, yeah, you know, come back in a couple decades and teach. But to my surprise and my delight, he looked me straight in the eye and said, what do you want to teach? And in that moment, I said, I want to teach becoming a change maker. And he said, okay, great. Uh, put together a syllabus, show it to me, and we'll go from there. And I shook his hand, I jumped out the door, and then I immediately Googled on my phone how to create a syllabus because I had no <laughs> idea how to create the syllabus. Uh, but that was the genesis of being able to teach at, at Berkeley Haas. And so sometimes someone just gives you a chance, which is the most amazing gift. But oh. um, that in that moment, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to teach. I sort of put myself in the shoes of where I was when I was 21, 22, mm -hmm. and becoming a change maker is exactly the class that I wish I could have taken. Uh, so, of course, you mentioned some of the, the buzzwords that I teach. So it kind of sits at the intersection of um, change management, leadership, entrepreneurship, innovation, social impact. But broadly, I break it down into three different sections. So we start with a change maker mindset, which is how you see yourself and the world around you. So we talk about key change maker traits that all change makers have in common, whether you're in the public sector, private sector, huge companies, small startup things like resilience and empathy and flexibility. And it's a very experiential hands-on course where students go out and actually practice these things. From there with that as a base, we then move into change maker leadership. How do you create a vision? How do you paint a picture that's so inspiring to get other people to follow you? How can we look at some of the 21st century leadership trends? So things like how do you influence without authority? How do you lead through networks? How do you use purpose as a way to motivate? Then from there, we start putting it all together with the change maker action component. Because of course, just having the mindset, just having the leadership doesn't mean anything unless you take action on it. And so at that point, uh, I share some of the experiences from Start Some Good. We talk about what it takes to kind of go from idea to action, what research tells us about that, what social psychology, what sociology, what engineering tells us about taking action. And then students are challenged to create a change maker project. So they work in teams, they use a tool I've created called the Changemaker Canvas, which breaks change down into small actionable steps. And then they go out and actually lead change. Uh, and I'm super grateful that Haas has given small seed grants to my students. So each uh, student group gets 100 US dollars and that's the money they need to launch a minimum viable, we call minimum viable project, a small little test to get started with their idea. And so each student leaves the class with a mindset, with new leadership skills, and with the confidence that comes from actually taking action on an idea. That is so crazy. Then that's an actual course at the university. Yeah, don't, uh, don't tell anyone. I'm getting away <laughs> with it for now, so yeah. <laughs> and, well, you know what struck me, Alex, when I saw that and I was reading through it and even some of the syllabus content on the website, I was thinking, man, like, how do we get that? How do we get that in our community? So. You know, I, there's a lot of, I have a real passion for young people. I feel like the energy they have, the, you know, you know, at, at almost 50 years old myself, you know, I've come through some, you know, therapy and unpacking things that have been kind of sitting for decades. But I feel like if we can, if we can engage that younger generation, a lot of them have, um, you know, a mindset already that, you know, they're fairly altruistic maybe, but there's a lot of passion, a lot of zeal and a lot of energy. Uh, and I, I love the idea of engaging our youth in our community and in inviting conversation with them. But I love the notion of canvas because then it really boils it down to eventually let's do something, let's experiment and then let's see what happens and then let's circle back and keep going. So yeah, maybe, maybe offline we'll talk about how to, you know, is your, is your change maker, you know, 
content can we you know somehow you know leverage that insight and you know replicate it you know make ripples and i'm sure you probably have a global um opportunity or for people to get engaged with you and your content and obviously we can chat about that uh, you know on another chapter of this conversation but i love it i think it's brilliant and so maybe give us some examples of how your students like what's it done for your students they come from all different faculties of the university that's right. So it's at the business school, but serving students from around the university. And um, it is just the greatest privilege to get to teach these students. I mean, Nathan, you're exactly right. They come in with this raw energy and enthusiasm and this passion for changing the world. And my greatest job is just to give them some of the tools, a bit of inspiration and a bit of confidence they can make these things happen. Mm-hmm. Along the way, I also bring in um, a diverse array of different guest speakers, change makers whom I admire, uh, to show students that there's all these different paths to being a change maker. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, this semester we had everywhere from uh, a social entrepreneur, Tina Pina, who does amazing work in ag tech, to Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, who's the first ever Surgeon General of the state of California. Um, different approaches to leading change. We start seeing what some of these patterns are. And I think students really light up when they see, oh, there's someone that looks like me, that acts like me, that thinks like me, and they're a change maker. So I could be that one too. Brilliant. Yeah, and, and giving them examples, live examples, live stories that can resonate with them on on give, cutting them loose to follow their own path. It's not prescriptive. The tools are an equipping to help them define their own DNA or not even define, but discover maybe their own DNA, their own change maker DNA and then empower them to actually do that. Absolutely. One of the things that can be really daunting is the scale of change that our world and our communities need. I mean, mm-hmm. working with a lot of students who are Gen Z, thinking about uh, climate and climate justice, it's an overwhelming issue. And so, so much of what I do is help them feel like, well, you do have some agency. There are some things you can do. You don't have to solve climate all by yourself, mm-hmm. but what's something you can do to start taking some action? And yeah. alongside, I don't want to put these uh, guest speakers up on a pedestal, so rather than saying, I want you to be the next Tina Pina or the next Nadine Burke Harris, I want you to be your own change maker. I want you to stand on the shoulders of these change makers. That's something that I've been fortunate to do, to learn from, to have mentors, uh, change makers to inspire me and to say, okay, now that you've learned all this from the class, from the guest speakers, from the readings, now it's up to you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, that's brilliant. So what's interesting is I was reading through some of those key qualities that I see on your website that I've distilled in my own you know, path through continuous improvement and change management. Um, right now, professionally, I'm, my day job, while we're launching this Innovate Cochrane thing as a community, my day job is in an innovation and business transformation team in a large uh, rail uh, organization. So in the rail industry, transportation industry, uh, one of the oldest companies in Canada um, and a very well-established company, but also have an, it has an intentional investment in innovation and business transformation. It has a digital roadmap like many companies do. Um, and so, me coming into that uh, company this year, one of the insights that I'm finding is it doesn't matter if it's a brand new community led innovation space, or if it's, you know, a 150 year old or 140 year old company um, that has very, you know, deep roots in, you know, traditional uh, governance and organizational structure. The opportunity is there because there's humans in both of those stories. And it's the humans when they get together and align that we can drive change through. And you might feel like you're the lowest person in a company of 14,000, but you still have agency. I love that word because each of us has capacity, I feel like, to bring to bring change through our own narrative. And it's the aggregate of those narratives together that actually start to sway you know, a larger transformation outcome. So yeah, I love to see you know, what you had on your website that way. 
Absolutely. And we've talked a lot about the students whom I love teaching, but I also do work with executives and big corporate teams and everyone can be a change maker. So of course, my students have that sort of raw energy and enthusiasm we talked about. And sometimes the executives that I teach are a bit more skeptical at first, which is fine. Um, but there's also huge opportunities for change, even, and I would argue, especially in some of these more traditional companies where we need change makers to come in and, and shake things up. Because um, if you don't, uh, it may become a necessity very, very soon. And so, yeah, can you have the agency to be on top of things and create change in a way which is true to who you are, to your company, your organization's values, uh, and what the world needs? At that master's level, when you have that maybe you know older older demographic or or more formal executive level presence and in the chairs, do you have do you take a different approach? You know, are you are you you know harping is the wrong word, but are you focusing on um, different qualities? Maybe knowing that they're in that context, that's you know that's your audience versus you know that young just coming into you know undergraduate you know semester one. Yeah, all my content is really the same. I've distilled like with the core aspects of a change maker mindset, change maker leadership. That stays the same whether you're eight or eighty. Um, so what I believe in is consistent, uh, but the way I teach it, of course, changes. So I also teach some uh, MBA students who have some real work experience, and so in that case, it's a bit less lecturing and it's a little bit more of a facilitated discussion, a lot more of application, a lot more of challenging them to say, "Okay, you just learned how to influence without authority tonight." tomorrow at work, you're going to go do it and then report back and tell us what worked, what didn't work, what did you find? Uh, and it's pretty amazing to see how quickly um, the growth can happen because they have this applied canvas of their own work that they can apply uh, the lessons from class to. I'm going to segue briefly to the fact that you are coming out with a book pretty soon. And so that that looks like a, a dream come true uh, chapter you know, pardon the pun, but a chapter in your own life. Uh, so give us a few details about the, about the book. And then I'm going to ask you whether the canvas, your Changemaker canvas, is that in that book? Because obviously I'm going to be looking for ways to get a hold of your, your formulated insights. I expect that some of it's going to be in there, but give us a, a little bit of a, of a preview of your, of your book. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to the book coming out. It'll be released September of 2022. Um, and it's taking everything that I've learned in teaching this class at UC Berkeley and making it accessible to a much wider audience to people all around the world. It's a chance for me to delve even deeper into some of the stories of changemakers who inspire me, a chance to share some of these academic frameworks and experiences. And then also for the first time, I make some of the exercises that I have my Berkeley students do accessible to anyone reading the book. And so my hope is that it's um, we call it an actionable and inclusive guide to leading positive change at any level. And that's really what I hope it will be, that whether you're 20 or 50 or 70, that you'll find something and somewhere in there that will help you along your change maker journey. And yeah, I'm thrilled. Can't wait for it to, to get out. It's a lot of hard work writing a book. Uh, it's uh, a grind, but I'm so delighted to have an outstanding editor who made my writing so, so, so much better. So if you end up listening to it and you think I'm a good writer, it's uh, all credit to her. <laughs> she did an amazing work. Um, and in terms of the canvas, yeah, so for the first time, we'll make the canvas uh, widely available to everyone as well. So uh, I'll walk you through how I think about the canvas with some examples, um, and then also a blank canvas in there, which is just ready for you to be, to fill out and, and make it your own. Brilliant. Now you did use the word, listen to it. Uh, that, that raises my hopes that there may be an audible or some form of audio version of your book coming out as well. Yeah, there'll be an, an, uh, an audible version also. And we'll see if I'm the one reading it as part of the contract. Apparently I get the first tryout. 
So maybe it'll be me reading it, but I've also heard that uh, doing an audiobook is really hard. This is a, a short podcast interview and an audiobook can take hours and hours. So we'll see if my voice has the stamina. So either you hear my voice or if it sounds really professional, then you'll know that I didn't quite pass the test and someone else took on the, the baton. Yeah, the casting call goes to someone else potentially. That's interesting. A professional, yeah. Yeah, but but you know what that you know what that says to me though, uh, Alex, and maybe we'll close on this comment is that each of us brings our unique contribution of value, you know, to a given moment. And in that case, you know, in the writing of your book, your editor brings her unique contribution to help even increase the value of your own insights by the two of you coming together. And then if you do end up either you or someone else, you know, reading the book for you. Again, that's somebody else's contribution that when we bring those pieces together and we intersect with each other, we I feel quite deeply that that we do literally end up with something that's greater than the sum of the parts that come together. And so, you know, that's a, just a simple example, obviously, with your book. But even this conversation, you know, we've been almost a year, you know, in the, in the making or in the waiting of this conversation. I know lots has happened in your life and obviously on the home front um, and in my life as well. But this moment is now. And so I definitely appreciate having a few moments with you tonight, Alex. This has been very enjoyable for me. And I know we'll carry on a conversation here into the future. Thank you so much for having me, Nathan. And let me just close by agreeing with you that change making is a team sport. It needs all of us to lead from, from where we are. So I look forward to more change makers uh, getting started in the movement with us. And let's see what we can all do together. Those are uh, fitting words to end on. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for listening today. I hope today's episode has encouraged you to step out in your own bus ticket journey of living from your fullest self and watching what happens. If you haven't already or have and want to again, you can share your power with the Bus Tickets podcast and its mission to encourage and empower others, whether through the podcast platform you listen to or through LinkedIn or Facebook where I post episodes or by good old word of mouth. That works too. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a minute or two to leave me a rating and a comment. It just takes a few seconds to share with others or leave a rating, but both will go a long way to help get this message out. So thank you. Together doing small acts, we can have a massive impact on the world we engage each day. So thank you again for listening today.